I do hope that our interview with my aim is to encourage all artists of ballet to be to be creative and create new things, promote and help dancers. Yeah. This is the 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 focus idea of our interview today. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not doing this interview with you just to show that I'm brave or that I'm good enough. No, I'm just doing this interview with you because it must be, it must sound like a message to all artists to be creative and to battle for the art and the culture of tomorrow. Today I'm talking to ballet teacher Jean-Pierre Prébillois. It's so lovely to meet you on Zoom. I mean, we've talked already on Facebook, and and um, and it was and and I follow your page that you have. It's so interesting that you have all these wonderful um, ballet photographs from from the past. So about the pictures about ballet, yeah, many of them are from Google. Yeah. And I have some uh, as a collection that I kept from many years ago. But uh, they are very nice. They are very nice uh, photographs. And I'm just uploading this on the Ballet International in order to, you know, to highlight the beautiful things about ballet. Yeah. And it's it's also these old um, pictures also show... Um, a, a little bit of a different uh, aspect of ballet because what we see now nowadays is also you know ballet has evolved a lot and i think uh, we have to remember that it all started there and that those years it was all about artistry and not so much about the physicality yes uh, i agree with you because uh, at that time uh, what was highlighted the most was the expression of the of the face, the makeup, the costumes. Uh, the technique was very good, but of course it wasn't like today. But it was more on uh, the expression. And um, if you take the old dancer of the old time, they didn't have uh, this developé like the ballerinas of today, you know, that the legs go very up and uh, with uh, open back in arabesque or in attitude or many pirouettes, uh, many technical difficulties that we see today, which is really beautiful. But uh, it was in a, in a different in a, in, in a different mode, which was really beautiful. For that time, it was beautiful. For hours today, we see those old uh, videos of the old ballerina, Tamara Katsavina, uh, Pavlova, and some video also, they are <clears throat> like the old movie of Charlie Chaplin, they make you laugh, because it, it, the, movie, the movie production wasn't like today. You know, okay, yeah. the, movie, the movie resolution wasn't like today. So you see the ballerina who is jumping all around. And, yeah. and, but if you understand the idea of the ballet, that was the real pure of art, the essence of art of ballet. That, wow. uh, that, brought, that brought us up to date. Mm. Without that old dancers, we couldn't reach the ballet of today. Yeah, but I spoke to a ballet dancer, um, Liliana Belfiore, um, from Argentina, and she used to dance in the 70s. Yes. Um, and she actually mentioned something that, that I thought a lot about, and that is that those days it was about the whole dancer, you know, it was the body, yes. the soul, the heart. It was about the artistry and in a way, sometimes that gets lost a little bit because the focus is now on, say, the feet of the dancer, or, or like you say, how high the leg can go, or, um, and then it it sort of takes away from these old ballets the real story, the real emotion behind the ballet, yes. and that it becomes more of a uh, sort of an athletic, um, uh, you know, movement. Yes. Well, it's uh, today, let's say that uh, ballet is very much mixed to contemporary, mm -hmm. to uh, gymnastic, 
to athletism and uh, to Pilates. So there are many things that are in the parallel line with ballet. And ballet dancers today, they have a part of the bar and the center work they do and the rehearsals. They do also many, uh, many other sort of training to keep their body into shape that the old ballet dancers were not doing. So I don't know if it's a good thing, but I'm afraid that this would bring to, I don't know, to a new style that maybe many of us of our generation will not understand maybe in two decades, if we are still alive, maybe we will not accept it. Yeah. Uh, maybe the new generation will, will get used to it, but uh, our generation has already many difficulties to accept what they see today on the net. Mm -hmm. You yeah. See what I mean? yeah. Technique, the technique has improved, but uh, has also improved not in hundred percent in the good way. Because if all the technical things that are next to ballet would be so perfect, there wouldn't be so many dancers who have injuries. Yeah. See what I mean? And you have uh, many injuries in ballet companies, uh, the dancers who who have to stop and have to do rehabilitation because they have severe injuries. So this shouldn't exist if all the, the extra training they do beside ballet. Mm. Yeah, that's that's actually true. But um, it's even interesting that dancers of today that I've spoken to, you know, that's currently in ballet companies, say the same thing, that this pressure on them, that the pressure on the body, and that, that they would actually love to also um, be more dancing these classical ballets and and ballets where where it's really it has to do with artistry and and, exactly. and you know storytelling and and that yeah. emotion behind it so um i think there are also today dancers who would love to to see that you there know, are many again. there are many there are many dancers who would love to to do the same uh, repertoire of the old ballet yeah. But Jean-Pierre, tell me now, um, you were a dancer as well, ballet dancer, and yes, you're a teacher I, as I well. Have, I have been an ex-professional ballet dancer, mm -hmm. and I have been, and I'm still a ballet teacher. Yeah. So, I'm, but retired, I'm a retired ballet teacher, and I teach occasionally when uh, some schools or some other administration, they invite me. But now I'm just, you know, have an extra work beside ballet, beside teaching. So I have also, you know, that life for ballet dancers, for ballet artists is not always, you are not very always uh, well off. So you yeah. have to do a lot of sacrifice, especially when you, you are retired, to keep up with your budget at the end of the month. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is why I have been choosing another type of work, which is more administrative work and I work with the computer and everything in order that I can get some more money because ballet doesn't, doesn't pay you enough. Yeah. You yeah. If you have to teach in a ballet school, they will pay you per hour or they will pay you maybe per month or per week. But the, the pay that you will get is not enough to pay the rent of the house, to pay, uh, to have all the expenses that you have in a normal life. So uh, I have started my career as a professional in South Africa. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, before that, uh, I have been studying ballet with my mother. Mm -hmm. And uh, I then we left uh, Northern Africa, we were in Egypt, because as you may know, my, my father was an ex-French diplomat. Okay. And he was working for the, for the French consulate in Alexandria, Egypt. And he worked there for many years. And my mother was teaching at the Italian school. She was teaching ballet. She was teaching gymnastics. Uh, but I was a child. I didn't, I wasn't even knowing what was ballet, what was art. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then uh, I started doing ballet with my mother. She had a private school. 
And then from the private school, she moved to the Conservatoire of Music of Alexandria, and she became director of the ballet section. And uh, I studied there for, with my mother at least eight years. Then we moved to Italy. And then in Italy, I had to study with uh, other teachers. And, uh, but it was completely different from my mother teaching. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. it wasn't a different atmosphere. It was a different type of teaching. I wasn't prepared for the Europe teaching because the standard uh, my mother was teaching quite well, but the standard wasn't up to European standard, you know. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. So uh, I had to adapt myself to this new standard, to this new European standard, which was for me it was really very difficult to follow. And uh, then after uh, we were in Milan, in Italy, and from Milan we went to South Africa. And there I had the chance to start my career as a professional dancer. I was in junior corps de ballet and uh, um, I danced there for two years. Oh, okay. But I kept a wonderful, wonderful uh, memory about this ballet company, which was, you know, a gift from God that I had. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and what uh, year was that? Uh, that was, uh, I. I arrived in South Africa in June 1980. Yeah. And then I left uh, South Africa in 1982, in June. Uh, mm. Because my father was transferred in Italy. And mm. I also had to um, present myself uh, for the military service uh, in France. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had to leave the company. Unfortunately, when I arrived in France, they saw all the papers, they made uh, all the, you know, the check up and they said, they told me, we don't need you. Oh, so really? the right moment. Mm -hmm. So I said, wonderful. So I can go back to South Africa. But, uh, you know, uh, it was too late because of South Africa, they already picked up other, other dancers. So I had to stay here. Uh, in Italy, because my father was in Naples, and I started working for the Teatro San Carlo of Naples, which was a different type of atmosphere than the South African one, and a different style of work, different style of ballet, and repertoire, and everything. And um, then I also uh, meditated a lot my first dream wasn't really the one of dancing, it was the one of teaching but, uh, when I was very young. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but then uh, I realized that from dancing to teaching, there was uh, miles to mm -hmm. go and to battle. And uh, so uh, we stayed in Naples for five years. And I dance also in France, in Bordeaux, and many other towns, in Lille, Roubaix. And uh, I dance for Ballet du Nord, Arena Verona, many different, but always as called a ballet. I never wanted to, to give me a chance to dance soloist because I knew where were my limits. Mm. And uh, when I was on stage, I wasn't really happy with myself. Oh, I see. You see, mm -hmm. I wasn't, um, it's like if you are wearing a pair of gloves that are too small, or the weather, you are wearing a pair of shoes that are too big. Um, and uh, ballet for me, when I was on stage, was the same feeling as the gloves and as the shoes. You see, I wasn't feeling comfortable on stage. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started teaching a little bit when I was in Italy, and then my father one day, he come back from work and he said I'm transferred in Morocco yeah and uh, I said okay you I said to my my mom and to my father I said okay you go to Morocco and I would like to go to England to Royal Ballet and have a diploma for teaching because now I need a diploma for teaching and my mother said, no, 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 now it's too late. It's too late. You are not going to England alone. You are going to follow us in Morocco. 
So we have been discussing and arguing for at least 10 days, like, you know, a cat and dog. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to convince my parents to go to Morocco for a couple of months until I go to England and get my diploma. And then I can, can go to Morocco, follow them and teach there. Yeah. No ways. They didn't want. So it's a shame. And yeah. so I traveled with them. The next day we arrived in Agadir, the town of Agadir. My mother said, okay, I'm going to do some shopping. I said, okay, uh, do you want me to come with you? No, 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 I will do my shopping alone. Don't, uh, don't worry. She comes back from the shopping. She didn't do any shopping. She went to the governorate and she talked to the governor of the town of mm -hmm. Agadir. And she said, uh, I'm proposing to open a ballet school. Uh, would you give me the permission to do that? Or the wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, the governor said, yes. Uh, just write down, you know, uh, mm -hmm. something written because your demand must be written, cannot be only by voice. Yeah. So my mother had come back to, to home and she says, oh, okay, Jean-Pierre, now go ahead, you write down the letter. And But at that time, computers were not existing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had to write everything by hand, mm -hmm. about eight pages, with her curriculum vitae, my curriculum vitae, the demand and everything. Finally, I was exhausted, and uh, the next day I go with my mother to the governor, and uh, we present this letter. After one month, the governor, uh, he gives us the okay, and uh, we opened the ballet school, and we started Amazing. working. We started working there, teaching there, and this was my first attempt of teaching, mm -hmm. but I didn't have any idea how really to teach because I didn't have any diploma and I was also scared, you know, yeah. uh, to do mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you have a diploma, at least you have an idea how to teach. Yeah. So I had to create my own syllabus mm -hmm. on the basis of what my teachers have been taught to me yeah. in the past. And I think that was the best thing to do. And... Mm -hmm. um, so I, in the beginning, I was experimenting, you know, the, the ballet class without pushing too much on my students to see what effect could be without damaging my students also yeah. with the movements, you see. So I was going very slowly, very slowly, and then I adapted myself to, to my own type of class, and then I have been adding again. And at that time, there wasn't any video about YouTube and, uh, you know, how to get a class and everything. And this is how I started. But it was very difficult in the beginning. Very, mm -hmm. very difficult. And then I can say that the things went, we had about 150 students. Mm -hmm. So but amazing that you that you did it yourself, you know, that you figured out a way, because I think this is something... Uh, also, that that I find interesting how many artists um, go in a you know do their own thing that they, there's maybe not like you said there wasn't a possibility to go and study the teaching but you figured it out yourself and you um, created your own syllabus and and I think mm -hmm. in that in nowadays we we. Uh, we don't give credit enough for people to do who does that because it does take a lot of courage to do it. And you have to be yeah. a little bit brave to do that, you know, to, to get the courage to just go for it. Yes. Well, you know, I must tell you honestly that um, my, my, in my life, I always had a difficult type of life in everything mm -hmm. I was doing. So I was always subjected to, to face new events every day, even in ballet or in my private life, in, in everything I was doing. And even in the moment where my, I lost my parents, I had to do everything on myself. Mm -hmm. Nobody was helping me. So that was the hardest part of the life. And as I said several times, life is the best university. Yeah because nobody is helping you, you have to learn how to do things alone. 
Yeah. How it goes, it goes, it goes bad, it goes bad, it goes good, okay? But you have to learn how to do things alone. Yeah. And, uh, this is, what I think, what is missing today in some young people, because some young people must learn how to do things alone. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of help, they are very brave, they work very well, but there is a little ex lack of experience of life. Mm. But that you, they will get it every time they grow up. Yeah, yeah. But it is also like in a in a ballet company, for example. Uh, this is also what I thought about. It's that you go for it for somebody who goes into the ballet world. You know, the child goes to a ballet school, and from the ballet school, they go to um, you know, the ballet college or, or the, the upper yes. school, and then they go to a company and then they stay in this company. So, but for musicians, almost, uh, if I look at the musicians here in Vienna, you know, they go to the music university, but from there, they have to figure it out themselves. They have to go out and, and create their own work. I mean, some go, some of them go into orchestras, but the ones who go freelancing, they you know they have to organize their own concerts, they have to to create their own platforms. Uh, yes. Whereas ballet, there is no opportunity like that. There's, it's not really a, a you know a form of art where a lot of people go freelancing. I mean, there's not it's not that type of of uh, job that you can do. Yes, well, uh, uh, unless you have a great chance to be freelance. And you have already your own ballet school with oh, yeah, students. Yeah. But otherwise, if you are freelance and you don't have a ballet school, it's very difficult to find work. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult because also ballet or any other art form is very competitive. Yeah. And people in, in art are very selfish because mm -hmm. uh, they prefer to keep their own place in their own company and do not give the chance to freelance people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in freelance, you may find uh, excellent teachers, excellent choreographers who are trying to emerge, but if the chance are not given to them, they will never do it. Yeah. So uh, I think we must consider that today in the world because uh, our modern world is uh, suffocating a little bit for freelance. Mm -hmm. They give uh, a lot of chance to people who are in the company, but also the people who reach 40 years, 45, who must go, uh, who must retire. Mm -hmm. Some of them, if the luckiest one, they can teach in the ballet company, yeah. but some others have to quit the ballet company and they have to work on their own. But the ballet company, once the dancer has left the ballet, finished they will not help him yeah but now um tell me you said that you are teaching also now freelance um or, or a sort of i am teaching freelance uh, yeah. i have been um, invited twice um, but you know when you are invited you have to to give your class and keep your mouth shut, you know, you cannot, uh, you yeah. can, you, you can correct, but it's not like if you are doing that in your own school. Yeah. With your own students, because mm -hmm. when you have your own students, you can say, no, this is wrong. You have to do it again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. But when you are a guest teacher, you can say that maybe once and finish mm -hmm. and have to, you know, close one eye and forget about the rest. You, yeah. can, uh, you can encourage uh, students, you can say, okay, instead of doing this, you can do that, da -da 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 -da. but you cannot be too too harsh, too severe, like if you are teaching your own lesson. Yeah. But what do you think should um, happen in the ballet world now? What, what, what do you think would be um, the change that, that needs to happen? It's not only one change, there will be too many changes uh, that uh, many of us in ballet will have uh, difficulties to follow. There are many challenges. You see, there has been a great challenge with the pandemic mm. in the ballet world. 
Many dancers had to stop dancing or to stop their training. Many of them, when they returned to do their training in ballet companies, they had injuries. Mm -hmm. um, ballet is evolving. It's producing new ballets. It's more demanding, but there will always be a new changement that is going to make a revolution in ballet either on the technical path, on the financial path. Some ballet companies, uh, uh, sometimes they have to close because they don't have enough finance, or they have the up and downs where they have to reduce the ballet company members. And uh, so there will, there will be a lot of changes in, in, in ballet that we have to, to follow and be careful because uh, we have the, now the war in, in Russia, Ukraine. We don't know what is going to happen in the next future or next year. And uh, if the war, they find a peaceful solution, it's going to be okay. But if it's not a peaceful solution, uh, it's going to be a revolution for all Europe and for all the world. But also it's going to affect the ballet world. Mm. You see what I mean? Yeah. Many many dancers of uh, the Kiev Kiev uh, Opera House they had to to escape from Ukraine and they had to go in different countries of Europe or the United States. Uh, there are some artists who left Russia also yeah. for the war, which is a shame. Which is a shame because I mean uh, those two countries have great possibilities in art. And I'm sure that uh, you take the two population, the Russian and the Ukraine, both of them, I mean, common people, not politicians, both of them, they still love each other. And, uh, you know, they, they, they nearly have the same tradition. Maybe the language is a little bit different in the music, in the dance, in folkloric dance. And nobody wants the war. Yeah. There's no need to do a war, which would be more simple to find a, a good solution for everyone, a peaceful solution for everyone. You know, today, in 2022, wars are not a solution mm -hmm. for anyone, for any country, for all the world. Yeah. The consequences could be terrible. This is for the population, but also for art, because it affects art a lot. But you know, uh, during uh, World War II, uh, which was a disaster for Europe, many artists of ballet, they had this possibility to move from one country to another. And while moving, the name became important because they were good dancers and they, they became famous they became popular, very popular during the war. Mm -hmm. This is what could happen also. So we have to to adapt our, ourselves to any type of the event. Yeah. Because we don't know the future, what is going to tell us. Mm -hmm. But now in, in education, um, it's very interesting that ballet is something where uh, children do ballet when they are little but the moment uh, they get to older you know they they are older and, and the pressure becomes more then ballet seems to be the activity where where they just drop out and and you know ballet seems to be this um almost it, it's not the older they get, it's not any more for enjoyment. It's it's more for trying to create dancers or so. Uh, that's the impression that you get sometimes. And um, do you think this is also something that needs to change, that people should be doing ballet without, and, and young children as well, without this idea of I'm doing ballet to become a ballet dancer. I'm just doing ballet because of, the enjoyment because of the love for the art? I think uh, you are completely right mm. in what you are saying, but I would add a lot, another thing. Um, ballet should be open to everyone. 
either for the one who has the dream to become professional and yeah. become a professional dancer, and even for the one who doesn't want. You know, there are many students who study six years, seven years of ballet, or maybe eight years, and afterwards they say, well, instead of continuing doing ballet, I will do contemporary, I will change. Or they will say, I stopped ballet and I will continue my university studies and I will become a doctor, I will become a, you know, other works. Yeah. But I think that today um, I'm talking about, I'm referring to the big academies of dance. They should give the opportunity to open other branches instead of ballet. Which well, I mean, in, if I have a ballet student who I see that maybe she's doing progress, but she cannot dance properly on stage. Maybe because her physique, uh, physique is not good for her for appearance on stage. Yeah. So I will try to give her a chance to see if she's able one day to become a ballet teacher. Oh, yeah. Maybe she could become a good choreographer. Maybe she could become a, a good choreologist, a good repetiteur. But all those things are linked with ballet. So the students who are not succeeding in becoming a professional ballet dancer, maybe they could succeed much better in choreologist, in a repetiteur, or as a ballet teacher. You see, it depends it depend on each individual. Yeah. doesn't mean that everybody has to dance like uh, Marianella Nunes or like uh, Ozipova or uh, Diana Vishneva. Yeah. No, nobody can dance uh, like a Balishnikov. But you may have a good dancer who can give a good ballet class. And so he directs himself, the academy must direct himself to complete his ballet study and to start this new branch with success because he could be useful. You see, in many ballet companies today, we have excellent dancers, excellent teachers, excellent pianists, choreographers, choreologists, but there are no creativity. Mm. There are no people like Marius Petipa. There are no people like uh, Enrico Cecchetti, you know, uh, Balanchine. All those people are old names, but we want to see new names who can go up to the same level of Balanchine, of Marius Petipa, and who can create new ballet, full ballet with a story, with new costumes, with new music. Um, well, other composer, composer like Tchaikovsky, finish. So this is what is missing today in our days and that we need, because this is the oxygen of art and culture of the dance, of ballet. This is what the ballet world needs today. This is my opinion, I might be wrong. No, you, I think you are absolutely right because I think it's it's um, sort of I mean taking a ballet school uh, which gives the the opportunity for dancers to get this wonderful training, but it's so focused just on one thing that these children don't get a chance to be creative. You know, they they just so focused on technique and and creating the the best uh, dancers. Um, yes. And I'm I'm thinking, for example, if if I take my uh, my daughter trained at the Royal Ballet School, and in the year their year um, that that she started, I think there are only two or three who ended up becoming ballet dancers. Although they all did this training and they all went through upper school, and then you ask yourself, why is that? You know, why is that that these dancers who started off having the potential? Um, didn't end up being dancers or, or yes. you know, choreographers yeah. or, like you say, ballet teachers. Yes, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree with you. And uh, sometimes you, 
you ask yourself so many questions uh, when you see this situation and it's difficult to find a reply because yeah. artistic director of uh, ballet companies, uh, they are focusing themselves uh, to promote dancers, uh, to give a chance to dancers, but they also should give a chance uh, to, um, to promote the ballet teachers, uh, to promote uh, new choreographers. Uh, with all the respect that I have for, for the choreographies and the choreographers of today, which some of them are really very nice, but it's not the same artistic level like the old ballet. Yeah, something missing. There's something, you know, it's like uh, when you have a cooking and you forgot to put some ingredients in the food. Yeah, or so if you forget to put the salt, your food is going to find to have a strange taste. And uh, uh, ballet is the same thing. If you don't use the right ingredients, there's something missing. Yeah. Well, there is a there is a ballet teacher in America, in Los Angeles, Preston Lee, and he runs his whole ballet academy uh, with people who are um, older dancers. You know, who are um, I, he's got a dancer, I think, at the age of eighty four. And these are all people who just come to ballet just for the love of ballet. And I think this is also needed, you know, that ballet. Very becomes, much. Yeah, because I think there it, it's you start that appreciation for the art form and people understand what it's all about. And he, um, I mean, the people you can you can just see on his videos and things as well, you know, the people just love what he's doing. Yes, because also it gives them opportunity to have uh, all of the experience of all those people together. Yeah. You see, because uh, the elder people having a lot of experiences, all put together, they, uh, they really make a wonderful world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, and, that's uh, true. Uh, and I think that, I hope that one day the world of ballet will understand that. But uh, the main point is to make uh, understand this idea to the big academies and to the artistic directors of the companies. Mm -hmm. Because they have their own rules, they have their own uh, nomenclatura of the ballet, they yeah. have their own regime in the ballet company, even if each ballet company is different from one to another. Uh, but they have to follow this criteria. Mm -hmm. But they have to adapt themselves to to add a little bit of more ingredients in their in their criteria. Yeah. To, to maybe it will enrich something new, something new. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. But um, Jean Pierre, this was so lovely to talk to you. And I just want to know, um, ask what what are your wishes for the future for yourself? Well, my you know my wishes are first of all to find a, a country because I'm in Italy now in Rome, and but I'm not planning to stay here forever. Mm -hmm. I would like to have to find a peaceful place where I could teach and give this um, this dream. Um, this new idea to other young dancers and to other people who understand this, which is very difficult today because if you look to the map, the uh, Google map, you say, I'm choosing this uh, this country. No, there are too many problems. I find this problem, there are too many problems. So this one, oh, no, 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 I don't want to hear that. So it's very difficult to find on a map, a, a, you know, a country which uh, is good for you. you know? yeah. uh, so finally you say, okay, I wait and I will see what is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I hope, I wish your, I wish your wish comes true, you know, that you find <laughs> a place where you can teach because you've got such lovely insights and, um, uh, and you know, it's, it's inspiring to hear. And your page that you created with all these ballet pictures are wonderful and it's very inspirational. And I think it's a I, great way of showing, you know, and, and 
creating awareness. I also created this page because uh, I think you will agree with me. Um, in Ballet International, I have set up some rules mm. for the people who are members. And I know that I'm very severe in those rules. No, no GIF image, no comments on this, no comments on that. Uh, people who don't have a Facebook uh, profile with uh, all the data, they are not accepted, you know, yeah. and I'm very strict on, on that. But also, um, through Ballet International, I want to give the idea that also the audience has to learn something. It's not only dances. Yeah. You see, when you go to a theater today to see a performance, the dancers dance beautifully. The orchestra is wonderful. The sets are magnificent. But sometimes there is a lack how the audience behave in the auditorium. Mm how -hmm. people are dressed in the auditorium. You see? So this is what we must teach also to the audience. Because the audience need to, to be taught again on the beautiful side and how to respect a performance and how to respect the performing art and the opera house. Yeah, you're absolutely right, yeah. You cannot yeah. go to watch a performance with a t-shirt, you mm -hmm. know. You have to be, there is a dress code that you have to respect when you go to auditorium. Mm -hmm. there, is a dress, uh, there is a code of of uh, dignity that you must have while you are watching performance. Mm. No, I don't say that everybody ha must have a sense of nobility. No, yeah. but you must be behave like a human being. You mm. are not going to the movie or to a restaurant and you can do what you want. Yeah. On the opera house, you have to behave in a certain way. And those are the rules of the opera house. And this is the type of rule that I'm trying to give in fingerprints in Ballet International. Mm. And, uh, it's very difficult because I had many people who, who left the group who were not happy. But the, the ones who I have kept in the group are the selected one and are the one who are the understanding why I'm applying these rules. And yeah. I think that slowly, slowly, it will take on many people and they will appreciate it, you know? Well, it's always that saying that everything is not for everybody. So the people who would appreciate what you're doing would be acceptant of, of yes. the rules. That is, that is what it is, yeah. Yes. Well, um, you find this in every country, you know, yeah. uh, not only in Europe, you find also in South Africa. In South Africa, they have so beautiful theatres, mm -hmm. from Johannesburg to Pretoria, the ex-state theatre uh, in Durban, in Cape Town. And uh, you have uh, Mrs. Debbie Turner, who is the artistic director. Oh, She's yeah. doing a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. in, in, in Cape Town. She's a really wonderful artist, but she's trying also to, to keep a certain discipline on the dancers and in the quality of the performance. Yeah. And this is very good. And mm -hmm. also that in Europe, you have the Netherlands Ballet mm -hmm. doing a wonderful job. You have the Royal Academy of Dancing who's mm -hmm. doing a wonderful job. You have also the Russian who are doing an excellent job everywhere. Every all the countries are doing an excellent job. And yeah. what is surprising, what is surprising is that also in Northern Africa you find a lot of talent. Mm. Like uh, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, uh, Egypt, uh, Palestine, Israel, uh, Lebanon. You have plenty of, of, of talent in young mm. people. Who want who are seeking the freedom of dancing mm -hmm. some of them they succeed but many of them have to stop and unfortunately there is no chance given because if you see the talent that they have 
It's plenty. Really? Mm. Yeah, we always we're not we're not that much aware of um of those countries and you know we we sort of associate ballet with uh Europe and yes. and yes. Uh, America and so on. Yeah. And uh, but I think I think one day the world is going to be all equal, you know, in ballet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the more we talk about this and and you know raise awareness of it, because if we don't talk about these things, then people don't understand or people don't think about it. So somebody has to plant the seed for it to grow and to to spread and. And I think this is, um, yeah, this is what I I'm think thinking. that what we have said so far, you and me today, maybe could give an idea for the tomorrow to other people yeah. who are listening to this uh, Zoom um, conference that we are having today, because maybe this could could give, bring or develop new ideas for the future. Yeah, yeah, no, so I, I totally, so. yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, Jean-Pierre, I have just one more question to ask you. Oh, you can ask all the questions you want. Don't worry. <laughs> I want to now know where do you go for a lovely coffee in your uh, where you live now in Rome? Is there a restaurant or a coffee shop that you visit? There are many restaurants, many coffee shops. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for me, I yeah. cannot drink coffee. I oh, okay. <laughs> so I am a very bad client because every time I go to a, a shop where I, everybody invites me to have a coffee, I said, I'm sorry, I cannot have a coffee. I will have a tea. Okay. You so are going to have a tea. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, just go in England. And, uh, yeah. England. Uh, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm used to tea. I'm not used to coffee because yeah. when I drink the coffee, then my stomach is not. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've had but the, the, the Italian coffee also is very strong. Mm. Oh, yeah. You yeah. have a little bit of coffee like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, but uh, it wakes up even uh, dead people from the simulator. <laughs> simulator. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, okay, but... While French people uh, in, in France mm -hmm. they make a um, long coffee with water mm -hmm. and a little bit of coffee. Mm -hmm. So uh, for the Italian, the French coffee is just disgusting. Okay, oh, yeah. They prefer the Italian coffee with espresso machine, you know, that um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. machine. Uh, but it's very, very strong. You know, yeah. you see um, people who wake up from like zombies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but nice. Now, do, do you, but is, do you eat cake or where's your favorite restaurant then? I, 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 Sometimes I go to a restaurant uh, just to have a little bit of pizza. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But I don't go to a restaurant because also uh, it's very expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. Mm -hmm. If you want to go to a restaurant where it's not expensive, then uh, the food quality is not really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, but most of the time uh, I prefer to cook at home. I see. Okay. So, so you're, I, yeah. Yes. I don't cook you know, like a chef, a French chef. Oh, okay. Okay. Just okay. very simple things. Uh, yeah. I have my own uh, ballet dancer, the food regime that I kept yeah. since I was 20 years old. I mean, if you have to eat what I eat after one week, you will say, look, just go away because if I have to eat what you eat, I, I will fall down in the floor. Really? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I eat very little and just the useful things, you know. Mm -hmm. I eat uh, rich food and uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not young, so I have to take care about the blood circulation, about the pressure mm -hmm. and everything. And um, so I don't eat really funny Too things. Okay, That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, rice salad, you know, with a lot of vegetables. Sometimes mm -hmm. in summer now when it's very warm, I just uh, eat the Macedonia fruit, you know, and uh, uh, orange juice and things like that. Uh, then oh, yeah. at night I have a, a salad with a little piece of meat and... But it's very simple things. I mean, it's oh like, yeah, yeah. But that's actually the healthy things, you know, and it's it's tasty because you can then taste the food. 
Yes, uh, sometimes I do. Uh, well, now uh, for lunch, I will prepare a little bit of pasta and a little bit of um, tuna fish. Oh, yeah. And uh, some olives. And this is it. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very simple some oil and lemon. Yeah. Which is a simple oh, thing. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds amazing. I drink a lot of tea. Yes, I drink a lot oh, of really? tea. Oh, really? Uh, Jean-Pierre, this was so lovely to talk to you and so lovely to meet you on Zoom, finally. And yes. I hope one day when you come to Vienna that we meet in person. Yes, I would be so pleased and we keep in touch. Yes. I do hope that our interview, because my aim is to encourage all artists of ballet to be, to be creative and create new things promote and help dancers yeah this is the 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 focus idea of our interview today you Mm -hmm. know i'm not doing this interview with you just to show that i'm brave or that i'm good enough no i'm just doing this interview with you because it must be it must sound like a message to all artists to be creative and to battle for the art and the culture of tomorrow. Because time flows very quickly. Tomorrow we are here together. Maybe one day I won't be here anymore, but I wish that uh, people will remember my words in the future, that we must help new generation and love for the creativity of Valley. I'm so happy that you said that, (laughs) really. Because this is really um, what what it, it would be so wonderful if you know if your words can come true. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Hope. This is thanks to you, and uh, I I um, I feel very honored that uh, you have given to me this great possibility to express myself and to talk with you, and also to talk uh, to the other uh, to people who are watching this uh, interview. Well, this was a great um, privilege for me as well. <laughs> Thank okay. you very much. Okay, Jean-Pierre, have we a lovely afternoon. Yes, definitely. And enjoy your pasta. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Jean-Pierre, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.